one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a song called Eye to Eye off the Goofy Movie soundtrack. 90s kids know that song, a flawless soundtrack. And I played it as an homage to our dear Heather Gay from The Real Houses of Salt Lake City, who's not so dear to me at the moment because I am so pissed about what's going on on The Real Houses of Salt Lake City, you guys. And I I know we had a long holiday hiatus, and I don't mean to come back as such a Danny Downer, but we got to get into it. So let's go, girls. <laughs> Let's go, girl. <laughs> I missed you all so much. I needed that little holiday break, especially from the Salt Lake City yells, because I was getting so pissed at the show. And so we had a little breather, but during the breather, I was just missing you all. I mean, and I was staying up night after night just thinking about what's going on with that Heather Gay's eye. And I had told you weeks and weeks and weeks ago, when we first saw that trailer for the Real House of Salt Lake City season, I told you, I don't think we're going to get answers, because sometimes I hear things through the grapevine, I hear things, and I had heard that maybe they're never going to give us an answer about the Heather Gay Eye thing. But then as the season was getting going, I was assuming that they were going to tell us something, because they keep teasing the black guy. They teased it in every trailer and every... Every confessional, every uh, time we saw something coming attractions, they were teasing about what happened with the black eye. So I assumed that they would give us some sort of answer because how could a television show continuously tease us time and time again and then give us no answer to what happened to Heather Gay's eye? It is completely unacceptable and I'm pissed at everyone. I'm pissed at everyone. Again, I don't mean to be a Danny Downer just when we come back in 2023, but I got to get a lot of stuff off my chest because... Right before the new year, we had that episode, and then uh, we see the footage of people coming in and out of Heather Gay's room that night that happened before the black eye. And then she wakes up the next day, and everyone's asking her, what happened to the black eye? And she's like, well, you know what happened. And she keeps saying, you know what happened, but not telling anyone what happened. And so ultimately, we're left with no real answers. I suppose they're implying that Jen Shah, Shakoldcockter, formerly Mormon ass, and was the one who did it. But we're not getting any concrete information. I know uh, as of today, as of this recording, we're going to find out in a couple days uh, about Jen Shah's sentencings, I assume, although that keeps getting pushed back. So who knows if we're going to get some concrete answers about that either. But I'm going to need something to, on the Salt Lake City Housewives. I'm going to need some concrete answers about Jen Shah's legal situation, and I'm going to need to know what happened with that black guy. And if Jen Shah is going away to prison, I'm going to need a, a sit-down with Heather Gay. If, if Jen Shah was, in fact, the one who gold-cocked her, then I'm going to need a sit-down with Heather Gay where she gives me the details about it because they keep te- teasing it over and over again and yet not giving me any information. And I blame everyone over there. I blame everyone over there. Bravo HQ production, and I'm sorry to do that. You know, I hate to call out the producers, editors, because we love them. They're brilliant, brilliant geniuses. And they've given us so much, and I just want to thank them before that I roast them. But the fact that no one sat Heather Gay down 
And they asked her in the confessional, they said, so you're still not going to tell us. And you know what they should have done? They should have given her the pink slip and said, well, you're not showing up to filming no more unless you let us know what happened. Because we can't present this as a storyline. It's unacceptable to the audience. And it's rude to us as the audience to not tell us. And also, it's very inappropriate on a whole other level that we're implying that she was hit uh, hit by someone in the cast and then they're not going to tell us what happened. I mean, they're implying that someone like sort of a, a I don't want to, is abuse the right word? Someone cold cocked her in the cast, but they're not giving us any information. Like that's pretty dark seated stuff. So you're going to need to give us some sort of information. And I think it's fully possible that they just got too drunk. She fell. They were having too much of a good time. There were also people online who were saying that Heather Gay's eye was sort of swollen when she got on the trip, when she first was getting to San Diego. And so maybe it was something that happened beforehand, an allergic reaction. Maybe it was something that happened at Beauty Lab and Laser, some bad Botox or something could have happened. I mean, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, Or it could have just been drunk antics and not anything. But then we're getting these implications that it's something more serious. She's saying to the other gals, she's saying, uh, well, you know what happened. And, you know, it's someone did it. And someone did it. It's like, well, then who the F did it? And then she's implying that maybe it is written about in the book. Well, I don't need it in the book. I need it now. I need someone to tell me now. Now, N-O-W, now, now, in the Cleveland way of saying now, it's now. <laughs> so I'm going to need some answers. And so production should have said, well, we're not filming not one more scene. And same with them other gals. I'm blaming Angie's. I'm blaming all the fucking Angie's over in Salt Lake City. I'm blaming Dana's and uh, Jen and Meredith and Whitney Wild Rose, because they all should have said, well, we're not filming any other scenes unless we get some answers. They should have said, uh, we're not getting out of this scene. Production should have said, you're not going home tonight until you let us know what happened to the eye. They filmed till four in the morning in that one scene this week. Four in the morning, they were at that dinner. Did anyone notice that? Four in the morning this week. It said 4.01 a.m. And it's like, I thought we were at a nice like evening dinner. I thought this was seven o'clock at night. And Lisa Barlow's like, oh, I got to go catch my flight. I got to go catch my flight. And it said 4.01 a.m. or 4.07 a.m. I was like, what the fuck? How did we get here? What time is it? You guys spend, and I wonder, maybe production said to them that night, we need to get to the bottom of this eye situation. And then why did she have the eye patch on the trip? That's why I think it also was something that happened before the trip. I think maybe she knew she was having some swelling. And so otherwise, why would you bring an eye patch? No, who just goes on their trips with some eye patches? Although I do know that Jen Shaw, she brought everything on that trip because she had a whole box of hair dye to give Dana. <laughs> She had she had a box of hair dye in the in the suitcase to give to Dana on the trip, and she's got a Marilyn Monroe outfit. I mean, those women had a whole slew of things. By the way, when we opened this week on the show, I, they were at that dinner, and I was like, "What are they dressed as?" Like, <laughs> did anyone else feel that way? Like, what what did we dress as this week? Because I remembered we did the Marilyn Monroe party, but then this week, I guess it was like, was it Greek goddesses or something? Or they were all given a, a Hercules character or something? I'm not sure, but. They were all dressed like something, something, and I don't know what it was. And so we opened this week, though, and they were still at that dinner, and yet no one gave me any answers, no concrete information. And then also they had the footage of the room. So I believe that somebody must have had some footage. If I think if Jen Shaw did cold cocker, wouldn't they at least have audio from that one camera, that overhead GoPro that they keep showing people coming in and out of that room? I don't know. I think somebody would have. And then Whitney Wild Rose did try to get to the bottom of it. And I have not been on Whitney Wild Rose's side this entire season. But by the end of the episode, I was sort of on her side because I was so pissed at our dear Heather Gay. And look, I have been a staunch defendant of Heather Gay for weeks and weeks and weeks on this podcast. 
And now, and I, I feel bad. I want her to be safe, and I don't want anyone to cold cock her. It pisses me off that anyone did that. And yet, I'm still mad because I don't like the implications that she keeps sharing that somebody did it, but she's not going to say who. And then, may, if it was Jen Shah and she doesn't want to say anything because she's going through this legal stuff, well, it's like, well, maybe Jen Shah should have thought of that before she cold cocked your honky, formerly Mormon ass. I mean, so come on, people. Let's. Let's get some information here. Jen Shah, why do we keep protecting Jen Shah? That's the other thing that's pissed me off about this show, is that no one's really asking Jen Shah these questions. And it's so bizarre to me that she's going to be, she pleading she guilty, and next week in the finale or whatever a week, then the previews where they show the finale coming up and we see Jen Shah going to the Shakorts, and no one is asking her anything about this trial in this case, despite the fact that Homeland Security showed up on camera while they were filming last season. And no one's even answering any questions about the trial no more. We're just asking about the Heather Gay's black eye, which we're not getting information about. I mean, this show, this season is just all over the fucking place. And I need them to scale it back. I need someone to get in there. And I think we need a journalist. You know, Barbara Walters, dear Barbara Walters has passed. I mean, uh, Creator of The View, one of my favorite TV shows. And I don't know if anyone saw that 2020 special. I mean, Barbara was a trailblazer. Babs was a trailblazer. And it got me thinking that we don't have people asking these questions no more. We don't have people like Barbara asking the questions that people want answers to. And she used to do all them specials. She did the After Oscar special. She did the 10 Most Fascinating People specials. And I'm going to need someone to bring back those types of specials. The sit-down interview, the long-form sit-down interview. I know Oprah recently did one with Hagen, uh, What I was going to say, Hagen and Mary. <laughs> Megan and Harry is what I meant. Hagen and Mary. You know, Hagen and Mary, they're doing interview after interview, sit-down. I mean, I could, they don't need to do so many sit-down interviews. But uh, Oprah did that one with uh, Hagen and Mary a couple of months ago. And it was such an event. We all watched it. It was so exciting to watch that. And I'm going to need someone to do that. And I'm going to need them with the housewives. And I love that they go and watch What Happens Live. And Andy does such a good job on Watch What Happens Live. Plays the games. They get in and out. They do a bunch of a lightning round of questions. And we get some tea spilled in the half-hour show. But I'm going to need someone to sit down for a full hour with these people. And I'm going to need the answers about the black guy. I would like that type of special, the kind that Barbara used to do. And I'll host it. If somebody needs me, put me in, coach. I'm ready to go. Because... I could do a sit-down, give me a whole hour with Mary Cosby, and I'll get some answers for us, because us audience viewing, uh, we need answers to all this stuff, because Salt Lake City in particular is presenting so much shit at us at a time, and we're not getting any concrete answers. And we can't really expect Lisa Barlow to be the one sitting down and grilling the other cast members, so maybe we need to get a journalist in there. So if they need me to go in and do a full two-hour sit-down with any of these women, I'm in. And I love Andy used to do those specials, and he hasn't done one in a while. I like when Andy does the one-on-one. Remember he did one with Teresa and Joe, and they were going away, or after they went away. I don't remember the timeline of it. And then he did the one at the Countess's uh, Hampton's house where he showed up. Oh, that was so good, you guys. That's what I need. I need more of that. And Andy's busy. He's got 100 shows. So if somebody else can do it, we. and I'm not saying it has to be me, but I want to see someone sitting down with these women at their Hamptons homes and giving me answers to these questions because it's it's unacceptable. I hate to be such a Danny Downer. This is our first episode of 2023, and I feel like I'm just complaining. But uh, sit tight, little bear, because I'm going to complain some more because we got to talk about Potomac. We got to talk about Miami. got lots to complain about, although Miami's flawless. I'm not complaining about the content over on Miami. I'm going to complain about Lenny Hockstein. Hockstein, that man. That man, he needs to... I'm sick of that man. 
I'm sick of that man. Get him out of here. I'm so glad that Lisa's getting away from that man. And by the way, they keep showing that footage. One one production note I do have for the Miami Housewives is that footage that they keep showing from 2011. <laughs> you know the footage I'm talking about from that lingerie party. They're showing it every episode, sometimes multiple times an episode. And I'm just going to need them to find some other footage. There's one like shot of a woman's backside in a, at that lingerie party from 2011. And is that the only shot we have from a party at their house? And if so, maybe we can just, can we use some B-roll or get some public access footage or something that's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, just footage that it doesn't have to be from that house or from that party. It could just be, you know, when they do documentaries and they show very basic footage of a party or something and they do a reenactment, like let's do a reenactment or something because I can't see the shot of that woman's bare ass uh, from the lingerie party of 2011. I mean, they show it a hundred times an episode. And they're, every time somebody on the show says, oh, they always had parties at their house, it's like they feel they, they got to show that footage from 2011. And otherwise, production on Miami has been truly flawless. Truly flawless. That's my only note, production note. And I'm sorry to complain because, you know, I love our producers over there on Bravo TV. But that's the only note on Miami. Otherwise, it's probably, a, it's a 10 out of 10. It's an 11 out of 10. It's 11, that whole season, we're on episode eight or something on Miami House Size. Perfect TV. Larsa's great comedic relief. Marisol's presenting what I, is possibly alcoholism. You know, I said a few weeks back that I think it was just a bit she's doing, and now I'm not so sure. I mean, I don't want to make any accusations. But every time we're seeing Marisol, she's like, I'm drinking again. <laughs> and like, maybe we could scale that back a, a notch. Just a notch. A smidge. A smidge even, Marisol, if you're listening. We love you, Marisol, on the show. Great friend of energy, Marisol Adriana. You know, the one thing that I do want to say is people keep saying, why don't we put Miami Housewives over on Bravo instead of Peacock? And I kind of like it over on Peacock because I think they maybe have a bigger budget or something. It looks rich. Like the cinematography looks great. It's got like a shininess to it that I like. I don't know. I keep it on Peacock because it's working on Peacock. So let's uh, not fix what's not broken. Let's keep it over there on Peacock. And I know people are pissed because you got to subscribe to Peacock, but that's the only reason we got Miami Housewives is because it's on Peacock. Because Bravo wasn't returning uh, Miami Housewives, but Peacock wanted to pick it up so people subscribe over to their Peacock. So I'm grateful to the Peacock. I'm grateful to the cock. Uh, yeah, I always have been. Ever since I came out of the closet and in uh, when I was 21 years old, I've been grateful for the cock. But I'm especially grateful for the cock for bringing back Miami Housewives. Love the cock, ladies. Am I right? Anyway, uh, Miami, perfect. If you're not watching, you need to watch it. Now, Potomac, I do have something I want to complain about on Potomac. On behalf of the Muppets, Muppets everywhere. You know, I have... Uh, I hate to get into this again because, you know, I've already talked about this in regards to Southern Charm. Everyone calling Austin a Fozzie Bear. Now, that was a funny joke a few seasons back. I get it. Austin looked like Fozzie Bear. And Austin, that monster over on Southern Charm, we have said time and time again that he looks like Fozzie Bear. But it's gotten to the point that it's Fozzie Bear slander now. And Fozzie Bear is my favorite Muppet of all time. And Fozzie doesn't serve that because Fozzie has given us countless hours of entertainment throughout the years. And so have the Sesame Street Muppets. And now over on the Potomac Housewives, there's a woman who's a very thirsty friend of. I don't even think she's a friend of. She has been making accusations. It's Ashley's friend. I don't remember her name. But she's been making accusations that Chris Bassett was flirting with her at that party that they keep saying Chris was flirting at. Which, meanwhile, if production had any footage of Chris Bassett 
flirting with anybody. They would have shown it, but they keep flashing back to him not flirting. So production, if they had any even inkling or any sort of smidgen of footage of Chris being inappropriate, they would have showed it to us the way that Miami Housewives has shown us that lingerie party a hundred fucking times. So the fact that they got nothing leads me to believe that Chris is completely innocent because production doesn't lie to us in that way. I mean, they lie to us in other ways, but not in that way. If they have a man to throw under the bus, they're going to throw that man under the bus. Ladies, am I right? It's going to happen. So they got nothing. And this woman is coming out, and she's obviously trying to get a champagne flute or whatever the fuck they hold in that opening credits over there on Potomac. And she ain't getting the champagne flute because she's embarrassing. And so Candace, Candace is really having a great season. Fantastic season Candace is having. I mean, she is just, whoo, great season for Candace. Not only that, but that song she's got with Trina, I love it. I love it. Anyway, she was referring to this woman as Sesame Street character. Now, this was meant to be an insult, and I do appreciate uh, Candace's insults, because if there's one thing that woman knows how to do, it's insult people. And yet, I have to defend my Sesame Street characters, because she said that this woman was a Sesame Street character, and she said it time and time again, and I, I, I think that's a compliment. And I'm seeing people say, oh, well, she shouldn't looks shame someone. And it's like, well, I don't really think that's looks shaming. If anything, I think all of you who think that's looks shaming, uh, you need to tune into the Muppets because there's nothing wrong with the way that Muppets look. And so I just have to stick up for them. It's a compliment. I'd like it if somebody called me a Muppet because those Muppets are stars and they've been through enough. They've been through enough. So let's just stop it. Let's just stop it. But that woman, I do not like her. I do. <laughs> that woman, I do not care for her. And I kind of feel like that's a storyline that should have been cut. The fact that they got no footage, I don't know. But I, I This is going to get me in trouble. You guys are going to yell at me. But I, I, something's a little off about Potomac this season because I think some of these things that would have normally been cut, they're keeping in the show because they don't have other stuff. And don't yell at me. But I'm just, that's my opinion on it. Because I think this woman who's coming forward and saying, Chris was looking at me, it, it's kind of funny to see Candace react. But the fact that she's not reacting at Karen's improv show and which, by the way, that whole show, what was that Variety Hour? Somebody needs to put that on the Peacock. I mean, let's get Karen's Variety Hour over on Peacock. Let's make it a special. I don't know, because it looked like a good time. Even though Karen barely did anything, I was still having fun seeing all her guests. It was just, uh, she should host The Tonight Show. Uh, anyway, I feel like Candace, even when that woman was trying to say, Candace, should we go talk about this? Candace like, no, I'm not interested. I, I kind of felt like they could have cut that, and we wouldn't have even known any different. I don't know. That's uh, whatever. Anyway, I'm all over the place this episode. We got to get back to Salt Lake City because that's what we're here for. But did I head out? Oh, the other thing I want to talk about real briefly, and then we'll take a break and we'll come back and really get to the nitty gritty of this Salt Lake City episode. I'm sorry I'm all over the place. There's not going to be timestamps in this episode because, you know, and I'm t- we had a break and I had so many things that we need to chat about. Uh, but the last thing I want to say about Potomac is the Jacqueline Mia Gordon of it all. Now... Okay, this this is another woman that I I can't wrap my brain around, this woman, Jacqueline. And Mia is very obviously producing what she thinks is good reality TV, but it's coming across as too produced to me, everything that Mia is doing. It's just coming across as her trying to be a reality TV star. It's not coming across as natural. And one of the things that I love about Potomac Housewives, you look at Karen, you look at Candace, you look at these people are natural reality TV stars. So even when they're stirring the pot, I think they do it in a way that feels less uh, less kind of um, produced. 
even Giselle, who is essentially producing this program, she does it in a way that doesn't feel overly produced. But when Mia's doing every scene she's in, I'm like, it feels so produced. Anyway, this whole storyline where she's showering, and God bless, I want everyone to shower. I want everyone to shower. I want everyone to get clean, shower with whomever you want to shower with. Uh, men, women, groups, do it, uh, get clean. Uh, but this whole storyline and then Peter's ex-girlfriend sort of loosely related to the storyline and whether or not Mia and Jacqueline are hooking up and Gordon's buying Porsches. and I mean, it all feels totally crazy to me. And it feels like no one, the Mia Gordon, Jacqueline storyline, and then the other Sesame Street character storyline, it feels like they got no legs to stand on with these storylines. Shout out to Queen of Eva Drescher. But they got no legs to stand on with either of those two plot points. And yet they keep moving forward. And that's, I think, the problem I'm having over there in Salt Lake City, not to bring us, I guess, to bring us full circle, is these storylines that feel like we're not getting conclusions to them. And I I know that we're watching reality TV, so there's going to be naturally storylines that have no uh, endpoints. But from a television perspective, it feels like I need these storylines wrapped up because we're presenting information and then we're not getting any closure, and then that leads to us feeling disappointed. And it happens uh, for years on these shows. Remember, Melissa Gorga pretended to have a sister and was, uh, you know, we never really got any closure to that storyline. <laughs> what a stupid storyline that was. What a stupid storyline that was. I'm excited for Jersey to come back. Do you see that trailer? Jersey trailer came out. Woo! I'm excited, but I'm a little confused because in the trailer for Jersey, they showed Teresa's wedding, and I thought Teresa was going to have a spin-off wedding special, but now is it going to be incorporated over into the Jersey season? Unclear. We're going to have to watch what happens live. Uh, anyway, yeah, I need the storylines to at least have some sort of wrap-up, because it can't happen. It can't happen where things these threads are just being left open. Uh, anyway, shall we take our break? Let's take our quick break here, and then we'll come back, and we're going to really break down this Salt Lake City episode. we got so many thoughts. i got so many thoughts about this. I mean, we're going to come back. Let's take a break. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you to Acast, and we'll be right back. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. And we're back, little girl. Little girl. I want to say thank you all for the kind words about all the interviews we had over the holiday season. There were so many great guests that stopped by Everything Iconic, Cheyenne Jackson, Zoe Deutsch, a huge young star who I love, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Jason from Selling Sunset and Selling the OC. We also had Kelly Ripa on the show. The fact that I get to talk to a lot of these people really is is so fun for me. And it also is helpful for the podcast because on the weeks where I can't recap or I'm out of town or doing something, uh, it's really helpful because I can pre-record the interviews. And so I I'm so grateful to all of you who shared and uh, sent me kind messages about the interviews because I love doing them. And I know some people listen to everything iconic for the recap. Some people only listen for the interviews. But the fact that I get to do both is so thrilling for me. And so thank you all. And we had a record year in 2022. I mean, the I can't believe that the podcast continues to grow, that I'm able to get these wonderful guests and also that you keep listening. So it really blows my mind. And I'm so incredibly grateful for a record year. And I uh, just can't wait to see what has in store for 2023. And so uh, we will be continuing to recap The Real Housewives. This weekend, we'll recap the weekend uh, episode of Potomac. I know we only spent about, I don't know, 15 minutes or something on Potomac this week, but the episode aired on New Year's Day. So I didn't take notes. So don't yell at me. It was New Year's Day. I did not take notes on Potomac. So sit tight, little bear. And then we'll be continuing with Salt Lake City. We also have some other great guests coming on the show. And for all episodes, all you got to do is hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen to the podcast. It's very important for the show. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure you click that subscribe or follow button on Everything Iconic because then you'll get all the episodes. And it also is really helpful for me. So thank you to all who do that. Now, Salt Lake City Housewives, we are opening in night three in San Diego. Night three. I felt like we were on night eight, nine, ten. I mean, we were there forever. And they're all talking about the black eye. This is when Whitney says, how did you get the black eye? And this is when Heather says, we're still unsure. There's theories. And it's like, what does that mean? Well, she's talking in circles. Heather Gay, we need some answers. Stop just talking in circles and say, well, we have theories. Well, what are the theories? And she keeps looking at Jen. And Whitney pointed out, she said, she keeps looking at Jen, which makes me feel like Jen had something to do with it. She said, it feels like Jen has something to do with it. And I got to agree with Whitney Wild Rose. Sometimes I think what Whitney Wild Rose says is nuts. But in this circumstance, I'm like, yeah, she does keep looking at it. I'm feeling like that too, Whitney Wild Rose. I'm feeling like a Jen Shockhold cocker because she keeps implying it. And Heather doesn't want to talk about it. But guess what? We do want to talk about it because it's the elephant in the room. And it's crazy to me. Crazy that we're not uh, talking about it. 
And then Dana is uh, brings up this information about the informant, which this was something that was also presented to us in the trailer. Dana said she's got an informant friend that knows Jinsha or something. So we finally are getting some information about it. But Dana is being a little too skittish for my liking. What I mean by that is, it's like, okay, I need you to go harder about this informant situation. We're at the dinner table. You don't hold a snowflake in the opening credits. You're a friend of... I need you to step it up. You need to be a little bit more aggressive with the storylines if you're a friend of. And that goes to anyone out there, any of the Angies, the Danas, I don't whatever franchise you're on, the Jacklins over in Potomac, whoever, wherever you are, you're gonna need to step it up if you're just a friend of. Otherwise, we're gonna get yeah, you're gonna get the boot. You're gonna get the boot, Dana. So I wish she would have said more information. She said she's got a friend with informed, but then we just moved on really quickly. And they told Dana to be careful. And I was like, why is everyone being so careful? Like it's so frustrating to me that they're all tiptoeing around Jen Shaw when that's the main storyline of the sh- that should be the main storyline of the season is Jen Shah arrest. And instead we're all acting like it's just this little tiny blip or whatever. And Jen says, Oh, the constitution says you're innocent until proven guilty. And she runs off, and it's like, well, or unless you admit guilt. So I'm curious to see what happens with the Jen Shah verdict this week. And again, I said, as of this recording, we don't have information, but I think it's coming in less than 48 hours or something. I guess January 6th is when they're supposed to give her her sentencing. And I need to know what that sentencing is. I'm going to need to know. I need to know. That's something that I can't, I, I can't have up in the air. Um, but Whitney says, this is the dance we do at Jen Shah. It's hard. And I think they should have hired someone based on uh, whether or not they would confront the other women. Because these friends of it are too scared. They're too scared. And Meredith says they all know things about informants. <laughs> this was so funny to me. Meredith, <laughs> Meredith said at this San Diego dinner that they all know things about informants. But this is Jen Shah's trip. And I love that this is such a housewife thing. It's like, but this is their trip. So it's not the time or the place to bring up the informants. And it's like, well, this is a pretty serious thing. This isn't just like, you snubbed me at my dinner party or something. This is like, we know informants and she was bamboozling the elderly. And yet we're not bringing it up because it's her trip. And I didn't even, was it her trip? I guess it was sort of, but it's really production's trip. And we're all just pretending like, oh no, this is Jen. This is not the time to bring it up. (laughs) When is the fucking time to bring it up? Jen was making me laugh, though, when she gave Dana the hair dye. And not because I think Dana looks great. Like, it looks phenomenal. Keep your hair how you want to keep it. Keep it how you want to keep it. But it did make me laugh that Jen just put it in the suitcase. Like, what else has she got in there? It's like that movie One Fine Day, one of my all-time favorite rom-coms. This is this movie called One Fine Day with Michelle Pfeiffer and George Clooney. George has never looked better. It's my one of my all-time faves. But... In the movie, Michelle Pfeiffer plays this mom who's got this endless bag where she's just got everything in the fucking bag. And, you know, moms are like that. Moms out there, you know what I'm talking about. You got the purse. And I don't care if it's a clutch or a big-ass purse. You got everything in it. Somehow, uh, moms out there just carry it all. And so I felt like Jen's like that. She's got everything in her purse. I mean, who knows what else is in that bag of hers? Because she brought hair dye. She brought the Marilyn Monroe costume. I'm not sure. And then uh, let's see what else is going on. Oh, this was funny to me. So I didn't realize it was 4 in the morning when this happened, but Whitney had said that she was willing to go have conjugal visits with Jen. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> she said she's going to go have conjugal. And they were all just like looking at her like, Whitney, that's not what that means. And Whitney still was like, well, I'll do it. I'll go have conjugal visits. She's ready to fill, uh, fill something in the, in the jail cell. And she's ready to have a cell block tango with Jen Shah. 
ladies and my charade, because that's what Whitney's willing to do. And uh, look, 4.01 a.m., Lisa goes away. Uh, then we get back in Salt Lake City. We see Whitney meditating. Lisa's fishing. Oh my gosh, I got a fish. She's fishing. I was not expecting to see Lisa Barlow fishing. That's just so, uh, it didn't compute in my head. Do you ever see something where like, it just, you can't even accept it. Like your brain just can't accept it. It was like Lisa Barlow was fishing and my brain just wouldn't compute it. I was just staring at it. I momentarily blacked out. My equilibrium went off and I was like, what's happening? Because I will not accept the fact that Lisa Barlow's got a fishing rod in her hands. And she caught a fish too. But the whole idea for I just can't see it. I, I, I know it happened and I wrote the note about it. Uh, but so we're catching up with everyone in Salt Lake City. And this is when they got the choir, you know, in between us catching up with all the gals back in Salt Lake City. It's just like the choir is singing, ha, 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 ha. And I just, that choir, I mean, God bless those, that choir that's giving us the, ha, ha. That's another story. Okay, wait, what the F? So next week's the finale. What the F was the choir storyline? I feel like that went nowhere, too. Like, what is going on in Salt Lake City? And does anyone else feel like the finale's rushed all of a sudden? It's like, we got all these threads up there, all the balls up in the air, and they're all just going to fall down. And like, I got no closure with nothing. What the fuck happened with the choir? What, are we getting any closure with Angie, The other Sarah Paulson Angie? Is she going to get any closure about the husband starting the Instagram account? Is she going to sit down with Jen Shah and talk about the social media? Because uh, otherwise, why did present the husband, the weirdo husband who uh, did the started the Instagram account? Like, what is going on? So, like, what is going on? And then, meanwhile, we get this scene with um, Brooks, Meredith, and Chloe, the daughter. They're all wearing sunglasses inside. Everyone and. Uh, Moira's, or what did, my, what did Meredith call her? Myra? Mayor? Uh, her, uh, the fundraisers tonight for her son. And I'm so excited about this. They're doing a mental health and uh, addiction foundation for the nephew. And I thought it was such a great thing. But what I do want to focus on in this scene is the fact that they had a subtitle, Meredith's Daughter. Because all of them are talking. It was like I was watching a scene, a, a group of Penny Marshalls sitting around talking. I mean, they all uh, talk like Penny Marshall. Remember her? Queen icon legend Penny Marshall is no longer with us. She directed A League of Their Own. She was, I mean, uh, Laverne and Shirley, she was one of, uh, she was in that. I love Penny Marshall. And Meredith's whole family, they all talk like Penny Marshall. I'm like, open your mouths, ladies. And I mumble too sometimes. But they're all acting like they got peanut butter in their mouths. And the producers had a subtitle, Chloe the Daughter. And I don't know that I've ever seen that. A young, vibrant woman. And they had to subtitle her because she's talking. I'm like, lift your teeth up a little a little higher because I don't understand what anybody's saying. They're all just... <laughs> they're all... <laughs> what did she... Meredith said, like, I think the whole Shah family is coming. I had to rewind this because I wanted to write this down. Uh, she said, I think the whole Shah family is coming to the fashion show mental health awareness event. And Meredith says she's been open with the group about her trial. But th- the way she said it, she's like, I think the whole Shah family is coming and she's been open with the group about her trial. I think I'll have a Chardonnay. <laughs> Everything's got the the vibe and the essence. Every, every sentence that comes out of Meredith Marx's mouth has got the vibe of, I think I'll have a Chardonnay. Like, that's the vibe of every time Meredith talks, and I love it. But what really stuck out to me is the fact that the daughter also talks like that. The daughter's also uh, feels like she drank a box of Franzia before she got in front of the red light, because they're all slurring. <laughs> and it's just the way we all talk. Like we, we talk like our families. 
I talk like my mother. I'm turning into her. I get it. I have a Cleveland accent. I get it. But the Marks family, I mean, they, it's Seth, I guess, opens his mouth a little bit. But I wonder if Seth is sitting around that house sometimes thinking like, what the fuck did you just say? Because I, <laughs> or, or do you think he just gets it? Or, I mean, what happens when Seth, there's probably times where Seth has no idea what anyone's talking about. He's just sitting there like a deer in headlights. Like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck's going on? Because there's no way he can understand what Chloe, Brooks, and Mayor are talking about, or Mayor, the whole family, the whole, uh, he probably has no clue what's going on. Somebody needs to subtitle his life because there's no way he understands what Chloe, Brooks, are talking about. Anyway, they're getting ready for this fashion event. This fashion slash mental health awareness. Brooks is going to be showing his jogging suits, his sweatsuits. He's got a new line of sweats he's going to be showing. Uh, anyway, I'm happy about it. I'm happy they're, uh, this whole, group of Penny Marshalls is going to be able to do the fashion event slash uh, mental health addiction foundation. Then we cut to Heather Gay and Sarah Paulson. Now, Angie, Sarah Paulson, is drinking Aveline, which I love. We Shout out to Aveline. We love them. And Angie says that Heather is protecting someone in regards to the black eye situation. And I wrote in my notes, never have I been more frustrated. She tells production she just wants it to go away. Well, then... Why are you talking about it? Like, that's the thing that's so frustrating. In the confessional, Heather's like, I just want this to go away. But we've seen her say, like, you know how it happened. Or I guess she's like playing it like a game. And it's not a fun game to me unless you're going to give me an answer as to who did it. I'm sorry to harp on this whole thing, but it's so frustrating. Then we see Whitney Wildrose and Bobby and Brooks, the kids. Sometimes I see Whitney's kids. And maybe I've mentioned this before, but every time one of them kids pops on screen, I'm like, who's that? I like forget somehow that she's got these kids and they seem like great kids, but every single time, every single time. And so Whitney's looking through a photo album and she says, I'm realizing this is a direct quote. (laughs) She was realizing, (laughs) she was realizing a big part of her journey is focusing on the good. So for during her, she's trying to heal. She's trying to heal. She's got a lot of feelings and she's realizing that uh, her part of her journey is focusing on the healing. And so it's all, this is another storyline that's uh, sort of confusing to me. And obviously she suffered this trauma and doesn't seem to be very comfortable explaining details of the trauma situation. And I know people have reached out to me because I've said I have a lot of confusion on this and people have said, well, she's implying that something traumatic happened. But it's on a reality show, I don't feel like as a consumer, I should just assume what she's referring to. Does that make sense? And that's why I think the whole situation with Heather's black eye feels frustrating or icky to me is because they're relying on the audience to infer an inference that is kind of dark. Like we're supposed to, I, I think they're presenting the black eye as to the audience to infer that Jen Shah hit Heather Gay. That's my take on it. Whether that happened or not, that's what I think they're inferring. And when it comes to Whitney Wilde Rose's past trauma, I think they're inferring uh, they're expecting the audience to infer something that happened, but I feel kind of gross as the audience to infer something. So, because the brain can go in a hundred different places, especially when it comes to trauma or abuse, childhood abuse. And so, I don't, it, that's where it feels icky to me. So, a lot of you might feel like, oh, well, there, it's very clear what happened to Whitney Wild Rose. But then I feel like, well, isn't that gross of us to just assume that some, uh, I don't know. That's why I wish they would just tell us because it, I don't like the, I don't, I don't want to be the audience. And especially when I'm turning into reality TV, I don't, I want to turn off my brain. Okay. I don't need to be 
work in overtime trying to figure out what they're trying to present to us through code. Like I'm watching the fucking Da Vinci code. I mean, like, what is going on? By the way, I watched so much stuff over the holiday break. Did you guys hear about this Fleischman in Trouble show? Oh my God, I loved it. It's Although it's very heavy. Talk about trauma and darkness. I mean, whoo, this is a dark, do not put it on. Normally the kind of thing I would not watch because it's very heavy. And also I thought it was very slow to start. Their first few episodes, I'm like, ugh, what is this? It's like just annoying me. And then by the end, I was like, give this show all the fucking Emmys. Claire Danes is in it. Jesse Eisenberg, or Eisenberg, what's, what's his name? The guy who played from the social network. Lizzie Kaplan from Mean Girls. I mean, so they're so fucking good in it. Seth Cohen from The O.C. is in it. Uh, Adam Brody. It's phenomenal. By the end of this, if you watch it all the way through, by the end, you'll be like, holy fuck. The, the second to last episode, give Claire Danes all the Emmys. I mean, I've never seen a performance on TV so good, Claire Danes, in the second to last episode of the season. But it starts a little slow and it's very heavy. So I don't want to tell anyone to watch it because you might watch it and be like, what the fuck is this? But if you do get through it, and if you're in the mood for something kind of heavy, I mean, that second to last episode, you guys, stuck with me. It's so, so good. Anyway, what else did I watch? I don't know. Where were we? How did I get <laughs> This is why I can't take any time off from the recaps, because I then I come back and I'm all over the place, because i got so many thoughts to share with you all. Anyway, um, oh, uh, the one other thing I want to talk about is... Um, Whitney feels, she feels like she's, her and Heather are going in different directions. And that's a storyline too that I don't really understand even what happened with them. I mean, I feel like I say that with every single storyline thread on Salt Lake City Houses. Like, what happened with Heather and Whitney? Like, I don't even understand it. Then we see Jen Shaw on Zoom with Sha Ernest, her therapist, and she said she didn't sleep the night before because she's not in control. And I, um, I really want to focus on her confessional hat. Stupid looking hat. Does it feel like we're seeing that hat a lot? I, I I don't know if she just only filmed that confessional. It just feels like that's the only confessional I'm seeing of Jen Shaw is her in that stupid Shah hat, and I just am tired of it. So I don't even know what she was talking about with the therapist, but I guess she was worried about her son, and I'm, I'm worried about the kids, too. I'm worried about that, too, but maybe we all should have thought of that before you started bamboozling the elderly. Uh, then we cut to Meredith. She's getting ready for the fashion show. Brooks has shown off his new collection of sweatpants. And Myra, the, okay, here's the one thing I do want to say about Meredith's sister. I think that this show needs cast members. We need to figure out where we're going moving forward. And uh, Meredith said she wants to bring Mary back. I support that decision. But we're losing Jen Shaw. Some of these friend of the Angies and the Danas maybe aren't working out. And so maybe we need to consider bringing on Meredith's sister. Because I think that an interesting thing that could happen on this show, Salt Lake City Housewives, is we maybe bring in the drama of the familial drama. So even, I think, Lisa Barlow, she's got them siblings. Maybe we could bring one of them siblings on. Or maybe we could turn this into like a Jersey-esque, you know, on The Real House of New Jersey. Part of what works on that franchise is the familial dynamic. So we had Caroline and Dina and Jacqueline. That was interesting in the early seasons. Then we moved on to Melissa and Teresa's show. And so I think that could be an interesting path forward. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to work. And producers are no better than me, but I just think that's something we should maybe explore. Maybe explore Myra coming on, or Moira, or whatever her name was. Maybe we explore Lisa Barlow's sibling coming on. I'm not sure. You know, that's out of my pay grade, but maybe it's something uh, something that we could explore for next season if we're not able to bring these other friends of, if they're not working for us. Danny, Dana's and the Angie's aren't working, so maybe we... Um, 
Yeah. Speaking of Dan and Angie, Meredith pulled him aside and she kept saying, I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed, which is way worse. Anyone who knows, that's way worse than somebody being mad at you uh, when they're disappointed. I remember when you were a kid and your parent would be like, I'm not mad at you, I'm just disappointed. I remember my mom found a bottle of liquor in my in my um <laughs> in my um dresser drawer. And of course I blamed it on my friend Adam. I was like, Adam made me hide it for him. And my mom, I remember her just being like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. And then I remember, did anyone do this back when they were a kid? Um, the liquor cabinet in high school. Uh, I remember we used, when my parents would be out of town or something, we'd, of course, you'd take the smear off or whatever, and then you'd refill it with water, right? Did you guys do that? And I remember one time I did that, and my mom came back. They were out of town or they were out for the night. And then the next day, my mom was like, Dan, come here. And I was like, what, mom? She's like, I am so pissed. And she was pissed because she had marked the bottle of smear off. She had put like a... Uh, she used a magic marker and put a mark on to see where the line was before she left. And then when she came back, there was more alcohol over the line. So she knew that I filled it with water. And so I was in trouble then. And she wasn't mad. She was disappointed. Dan, who did this? And I was like, it was Adam. He did <laughs> I blamed everything on my friend Adam. God bless him. Anyway, um, yeah, so what else is going on? Meredith's not mad. Jen shows up in feathers. Lisa shows up in a flowy outfit. I mean, what was that outfit Lisa showed up in? Lisa Barlow showed up that very flowy outfit, looked cozy, comfy. I was ready to buy one. I don't know what brand it was. I'm sure it was some designer, but she showed up. And everyone's like, why is Lisa there? And Because Lisa showed up and she's like, hi, everyone. And she was in such good spirits. And I was like, I thought Lisa and Meredith ate each other. And then Meredith said she just did it for social media. She's concerned with her appearance. She's Meredith said on confession, Lisa's concerned with her appearance and it won't be good for her to miss a charity when that gives her up for social media. <laughs> I think I'll have a Chardonnay. Ah, <laughs> uh, as much as I'm like hating this season of Salt Lake City, <laughs> I was really liking it at the beginning, and now I'm sort of hating it. But I do love recapping it. It's so fun to recap because it's so insane, and so I never want it to end, despite the fact that I will complain about it. So yeah, there you go. Uh, Jen Shaw also asked Angie for an invoice. So remember that party that she threw? Apparently, uh, it was $13,000, over thirteen k for that party. And Jen Shaw pays it. And what was so funny to me is Angie was like, I better cash this check right away. And so they even showed the receipt of her cashing the check. Like, they showed the photocopy receipt to show that the check cleared. And that was so funny to me because, you know, Angie was so worried about the check not clearing. Because of all this legal drama, she she got that 13K that Angie did not think she was going to get that 13K. She thought that she threw that right down the well. She paid for that party thinking that she was going to get a snowflake. And then they made her a friend of, and she realized she was out 13K. And then she thought that was right down the pooper. And then it turns out she got that 13K back and she went right to the bank. I wouldn't be surprised if she left that party for a second. It was like, I'm going to Bank of America. Get me out of here. And she told PA, she's like, drive me to Bank of America. <laughs> drive me to Chase. And then she cashed it right away. She's like, I'm going to make sure this baby clears. And I would be the same way. You know, sometimes you get a small check for something. I just got a check in the mail. There was some, it was like one of those, um, you know, when you buy something and then all of a sudden you find out there was something faulty with it and they send you a check for like $7 and they're like, you're part of the settlement fund or whatever. So I got one of those in the mail recently and I immediately, it was like $7. And I was like, I got to deposit this so make sure it deposits. Got to make sure it clears. And it was $7. And so if I had 13 k you best believe I'm going to take off that mic pack and I'm going right to the bank. I'm going to make sure that baby clears before she goes to jail because we all know she's pleading she guilty. And so she got that baby in her account as soon as she can. Angie probably left. 
And then what else is going on? Lisa's turning on Jen, sort of. It's like, that's the other problem with the show is Lisa, in one scene, she's like, why am I kissing up to Jen? And then we see her kissing up to Jen. And they're all doing that. It's confusing. It's confusing. I'm proud of Meredith's nephew. She, it was funny to me, though, Meredith, when she was presenting this whole event, which, again, was crazy that we're mixing these a fashion show for Brooks's sweatpant line and then this mental health awareness. It's like, <laughs> I love it. But I'm proud of the nephew, and I'm proud of the work they Hopefully they raise money, which is a great thing. Can't can't fault that. But Meredith stands up in front of the crowd, and she's like, so proud of his mental health journey. Now let's have a little fun in Chicago Designers. And then that's when they do the sweatpant fashion show. And I loved it. And I those sweatpants looked amazing. They look cozy. And Jen Shaw the whole time is like, I need that one. You know, like Jen Shaw was really laying it on thick to Brooks after she called him a sissy bitch on Twitter a couple seasons ago. Now all of a sudden her and Brooks are besties because she's probably hoping to get some of them sweats for prison. You know, because I, I don't know how that it works exactly if they just make you wear the one outfit. I guess... I guess they make you wear that one sweatsuit, but maybe she's maybe she's thinking long term, and because she's realizing that if she does go away to prison, she's got to wear that jumpsuit. That's going to be her new kind of look for the foreseeable future. So by the time she gets out, she's only going to want to wear sweatpants that are all uniform, monochromatic, you know. So that's probably why she's laying it on thick with Brooks because she's realizing after she gets out of the jail. She's going to be 20 years older, and she's going to need a monochromatic look, and she might not have the funds to be able to secure that. So she's thinking, Brooks, you know, send me a couple of these sweatsuits. I'll put them away. We'll have Coach Shaw put them in the closet. And then when I get out, I'll have a whole slew of sweatsuits, monochromatic looks that go with my new vibe. You know, it's just smart planning, and so you got to give her that. She's a planner. And so, but she was really laying on thick that whole fashion show. She's like, whoo, I love this. Look at that. Give me that, baby. <laughs> There was one point she was like, look at that, bedazzling. You know, it's like, this is literally just a sweatsuit. I mean, it was a sweatsuit, but she, and it looked good, but she was just like, look at that, I need that. She's like, I'll Venmo you right now. And every time she mentions money, you know, they're all just thinking, well, let's make sure it clears first before I give you the goods, because I'd be worried too. Anyway, then uh, Angie uh, and Jen have the moment she gives the money. Angie kisses uh, Jen and Coach Shaw's ass after just talking shit about her. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. And then we see Whitney and Heather. Heather arrives at Whitney Wild Rose's house with some peeps. Love that. She brought Bobby a gift. And Whitney, oh, oh, this was interesting. Should we talk about this for 45 minutes? Um, Whitney's studded blouse. Whitney's studded blouse. Little girl. Okay, I don't know what to say about this, but do you know what I'm talking about? I think it was a confessional. It was a studded blouse. A studded blouse. It was a studded blouse. I don't know how else to describe it. It was studded. It was studded. It looked like something to me. Okay, this is going to be a deep reference. Now, there's a new Super Mario Brothers movie coming out in April. Now, I'm a huge Super Mario Brothers fan. I'm a huge Nintendo junkie. It's something I don't often get to talk about on this podcast, but I love my Nintendo. I am a huge Mario fan. Huge. Huge. Okay. Now, back in 1993, they did a Super Mario Brothers movie, a live action with Dennis Hopper. Uh, it was uh, fantastic, but also really terrible. Really terrible. So don't go into watching it thinking it's going to be good because it's really bad, but in like a fun, bad way. In like a let's make fun of this kind of way, right? Anyway, uh, there were these looks in it, these costumes in it that were, they were trying to make real people look like dinosaurs. So this studded blouse just looked like something to me that vibe-wise would have fit into the Super Mario Brothers 1993 movie. And that's all I'll say about it going further. I mean, I won't say anything else, but that's what it reminded me of is a costume from the 1993 Super Mario Brothers movie. And maybe I would rewatch that movie and not find any costume that looked like Whitney Wilder's studded blouse. However, emotionally, that's what I feel it's connected to. So that's the only way I could describe it, because that's what it feels to me. That's what it feels to me. Anyway, they go to the fire pit. I was surprised there wasn't a charcuterie. They talk in circles, and Heather says, you don't even know how I got my black eye. And I was like, Whitney asked you a million fucking times. I mean, come on, I'm so pissed. Heather's laughing about it and won't answer about what happened. And then she says, well, I'm not going to tell you because the trust is gone. And it's like, well, you're not telling any of us. And I didn't know you didn't trust the rest of us. It's infuriating. And stop implying something happened if it didn't happen. I mean, I love Heather. I, love, I feel bad being mad at Heather Gay because you know how I feel. But I love my Heather Gay, but I'm really starting to turn because this is not it. This isn't it. It's infuriating. And then why... Here's the other thing that's frustrating to me. Heather Gay is so hard on Whitney Wild Rose. And I have been saying for weeks, I get it, because I didn't understand what Whitney Wild Rose is saying or doing when it comes to the storyline with Heather. But what is frustrating to me is that Heather gives so many passes to Jen Shah and is implying that Jen Shah did this physical act, which we don't know that it for sure happened, but she's implying it. And yet she is buddy-buddy with Jen Shah, and she's saying, my loyalty is everything. And so she gives all these passes to Jen Shah, but then Whitney Wild Rose might seemingly fucked up at the beginning of the season by presenting this storyline and this fight with Heather Gay. And Heather was pissed about it because she said there was no drama and you're trying to create drama. And so she's pissed, but then it's like, well, why aren't you just giving Whitney Wild Rose a pass the way that you do with Jen Shah? Because Jen Shah has called you Shrek and done all these horrible things to you. 
and you give her a hundred passes and say it's because you're loyal, and I I get that. But then when Whitney Rowd Rose fucks up, she fucks up one time, and then suddenly you're cutting her off. Uh, it's frustrating. Anyway, that's the end of the episode. She says um, they do. Oh, they right, right before the end though, they do a bunch of bad weather puns, and they keep talking. I feel sad about bad weather. There's a rain cloud. <laughs> they keep talking about some rain cloud and stuff. I don't know. All I'm concerned about is that fucking eye. Weather's not seeing eye to eye. That's two people that aren't seeing it. Anyway, next week uh, is the finale. We get the Jen and Heather. It's alluded to that maybe they hooked up. What? And then, <laughs> and then there's some stuff about Stu. I've been wondering what's going on with Stu Chains. And then uh, Meredith is turning on Jen Shaw. Jen pleads guilty. I don't know. What's the end of the episode? I'm excited for next week, but I can't believe we're at the finale. I'm going to miss these gals, despite the fact that they're all infuriating me. And I am so pissed, but I'm going to miss them. going to miss them, because I love them. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Welcome back, 2023. Back this weekend with a recap of this week's Real Houses of Potomac. We also got some great guests coming on in the next couple of weeks. Plus, uh, we got Jersey on the horizon. And we might have to do a full Miami episode. I know I said I wasn't going to fully cover Miami, but we might have to dive into it. Maybe when it gets to the end of the season or something, because it's too good. It's too good. It's too good. And if you're not watching it, you need to sign up for the cock because it's just too good. I've never seen such a flawless housewives season. And so you're missing out, really. I feel like sign up for the free trial. Don't they give you like a free month or a free week of the cock? I mean, do whatever you got to do to get the cock. Get the cock any means necessary. Just uh, get the cock. Get it. Okay, let's do our cheese little cool down, shall we? Anything else I got to say? Oh, I also want to thank everyone for getting my book over the holiday season. So many people are tagging me and giving the book for the holidays, all that stuff. I was so grateful and so heartwarming to see people opening up my book for the holidays as a Christmas gift and all that stuff. Oh, and the the one other thing, speaking of um, merch stuff, we did a new line of Everything Iconic merch, which you can get at everythingiconic.store and all of the wine glasses we got sold out right away. So uh, Matt did order more of the Ladies in My Right wine glasses, and he got more of the um, the other wine glasses. So you can get those at everythingiconic.store. I think there's like 40 left of each or something like that. So he got like a really small amount. And then Matt, he's the one who does all of the merch and sends it and mails it and all that kind of stuff. So he did tell me that after that, no more wine glasses because he said they are kind of a pain in the ass to ship because we have to get these other boxes and you have to wrap them really nice. But the wine glasses are so super nice. They're, those of you who've got them know they're like a thick quality wine glass. And so we didn't want them to be cheap or anything like that. So uh, they're really nice, but there's a very small quantity left, but he did order more because they sold out right away. Uh, and then we also have some Ladies and Right sweatshirts and t-shirts left, and so get that at everythingiconic.store. I also will be announcing something exciting about live shows coming up very soon, which I hope to share within the next week or so. Uh, and if you go to everythingiconic.com, you can see all those updates, but I will be announcing that very soon. I can't wait to share more. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I love you all. I love you all. I missed you all. I missed you all so much. Stay safe. And yeah, bye-bye. See you.